Hi, Nick Petrella here. This episode is sponsored by Volkwein's Music, a full-service shop that's been meeting the musical needs of musicians for over 135 years. They offer a huge selection of instruments, accessories, music, and more. They also have an unmatched instrument repair department with some of the most experienced technicians in the business. For years, they've serviced my personal and school instruments, and their attention to detail is why I and professional musicians from around the globe trust Volkwein's to service their gear. Head over to volkweinsmusic.com to see what they can do for you. That's V-O-L-K-W-E-I-N-S music.com. Helping people discover music since 1888. Welcome to the Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast, making art work. We highlight how entrepreneurs align their artistry, passion, and vision to create and pursue opportunities to capture value in the arts. The views expressed by guests on the Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast are solely their own and do not necessarily represent the views of the podcast or its hosts. The appearance of a guest on the podcast, the venture they represent, or reference to any product or service does not imply an endorsement or recommendation by the podcast or its hosts. The content provided is for entertainment and informational purposes only and does not constitute business advice. Here are your hosts, Andy Heiss and Nick Petrella. Hi, Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast listeners. I'm Andy Heiss. And I'm Nick Petrella. Michael Skoros joins us today. He's the owner of the historic Players Theater, a 200-seat off-Broadway theater in New York City that also houses a 50-seat theater, four rehearsal spaces, and an office suite for arts organizations. The building also contains Café Wa, a Greenwich Village mainstay since the 1950s where many new and famous musicians come to perform. We'll have links to both venues in the show notes. Michael, thanks for joining us. Good morning. So owning or renting a building in New York City must come with significant overhead, which is why you have other ways to monetize your property, such as renting rehearsal space and so on. So beyond ticket sales and rental space, what other revenue streams does your enterprise have? Um, Well, you know, the core business has always been to treat this as as a rental property, which also is is an outlet for my own projects. Um, and that really hasn't changed since buying the property in 2006. Um, there, I mean, there are definitely days when I think to myself, boy, this would be a lot easier if, um, if I just turn this into a baby gap and, uh, I'm jokingly saying, right. you know, and I converted the studios into, you know, apartments and office space, but right. you know, I, I mean, that, that would be no fun. Um, you know, I enjoy writing shows and, and music directing them. Um, I enjoy, you know, working with the young writers and seeing them become self-sufficient, self-producers. So, so you know, it's, it's rewarding for, from that sense and, and with this, like, business model that we've kept. You know, Michael, it really sounds as though it's, you have a mentorship approach, actually. You're mentoring these young I mean, is that, do you think that's accurate? 
Yeah, it, it, it is. Um, you know, like we're, I mean, we're definitely trying to kind of help young writers just like get their material going and, and to be self-sufficient in doing it. So that, um, um, you know, everybody wants, always wants their projects to move on. You know, you, you want to, you want to like, like, you know, put the show on and then eventually like make their way up to Broadway. Um, I mean, it doesn't always happen. And so like what I feel like we're trying to, to mentor groups to do is like, like think of this production as a production in itself. You know, like, like it's real easy to kind of dump like a ton of money into a project with the hopes that it's going to move on, knowing that you're going to lose money on this particular project. I think what we're trying to say is like, listen, don't think that way. Yeah. Because you, you're still going to be able to, to invite all those people for a show to move on. But like, think of it as like its own thing. Like it's not an exercise in just putting on a show. Like you're putting on a show, you know, you, you um, got an audience, you made some money. If it moves on, great. If not, you know, you made some money and now you're on to the next project and you put a few of these together each year and now I have a career. Yeah. So, so that is really like what we're trying to to mentor, um, and and kind of kind of help the the writers do. That's great. Who is um, your primary ticket buying audience? Are they you know are they tourists who are in town to see a show? Or are they locals who who come out to support you know and, and see see productions? Um, and how do the how's how does the audience vary between maybe your two hundred seat? house in your 50 seat uh performance venue it definitely varies and and <clears throat> and then it really depends on the production so like for example like like in the main theater that um, um that's downstairs like we just closed um our a, a version of beauty and the beast that um that we had running and uh, we, uh and for that it's it was primarily um local families that came to see that now we're actually switching over to um, Agatha Christie's and then there was none. And that's going to be a, a short closed in run. And for that one, um, the audience will most likely be like tri-state area couples and tourists. Um, and, you know, for every production, you never really know exactly where the audience is going to come from. So you kind of cast like a pretty big net mm -hmm. and then, um, and usually, and over the years, like we've built up a pretty big mailing list. And so, which is a good marketing starting point for, for any of the shows. And you kind of see like where once you open, like, and, or as you're getting close to open, like where the ticket sales are coming from and you try to then kind of focus in on that. But, mm -hmm. um, but it definitely does vary. And then upstairs also, same thing. Like, like um, right now there's a show up there, a musical called Brilliance. And I would say like their audience is a little bit of a, it's not a family audience. It's more of that, that tri-state area, um, couples and, and tourists. So if someone wants to rent a space or to, to put a production on, cause I, I, I get that a lot of what you do are your own productions in that residency program, but Andy asked me not to say anything because he knows that, you know, we know each other, but <laughs> He's he has a uh, a musical. It's uh, it's a it's a one man musical. It's a podcaster and his upright bass. And mm -hmm. he you know he <laughs> might <laughs> he might like to to go to New York and see. So do you entertain uh, pitches like that or no? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, and um, like for for actually, one person shows do really well in the residency. There you program. go, Andy. They do really well in the in the black box space because because the expenses are so are low, right? It's just yeah. like you know, like you're you're you know, it's 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 usually the one performer, and most of the times that one performer is the self producing artist. Um, so. Um, uh, so I, I mean, for for our venue, um, it would I, I would like like a show like that. I, I would definitely like recommend like it, it applying for the residency program, and it would probably fit well in like the upstairs venue. Um, for um, yeah, so that's what and and you know I can't speak for like the other off Puerto theaters, but I, I think that's that's like if if I didn't know Andy and he just like called me up and said, hey, you know, I have this show, I would I would suggest that. Um, and, you know, and, and, and we, like for our venue, like we, we really don't have, um, space for like, most of the times we don't have space for like a traditional rental. Like if Andy just came and said, I want to rent your theater for a month. Right. It, we, we just don't do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's something you used to, you got away from it because you're doing these other projects. Yeah. Yeah. But other theaters do it, you know, sure. so there are, there are other theaters that, that still work on that model. Well, I think once you see his demo recording, you might change your mind. Yeah. yeah can't wait. That sounds like I've got a couple of weeks to get my application in. Yeah. Yeah. Just remember, like I'm not the only one that looks at it. So. <laughs> so Andy's, Andy's going to want his friendship ring back after that. Well, well, after the panel, after the panel views it, that will be the most number of viewers I've ever had. So <laughs> we need to do something about that. One at a time, one, one viewer at a time, right? I can think of nothing uh, more boring than than. Yeah, I don't know. I. It, oh, anyways, it's a working title. Those um the uh, the application process is that an annual process then? So based on the applications you get on April thirtieth, you'll plan out for the next year. Yeah, like usually we'll put a call out like like maybe like twice a year, but but yeah. we're definitely like booking right right now like our slots are for 2023 and 2024. Okay. I guess it depends on what you get, right? If you get some if you get a bunch of really good ones then you could plan it out, but if you don't got to put out another call. Yeah, I mean we we definitely we we, we get a lot of um uh, yeah, I mean, we definitely get, there's not a shortage of, of really good shows. So, um, um, and so like, so we, so we get, we get like some, some good, um, applicants. Um, but then, you know, like since it is a, a, a self-producing residency, not, right. not all of the artists are up for that. Right. You know, like, like they, they, there's definitely been like some terrific shows and then like they're, they just like, I don't, you know, like it's not a good fit for being a self-producing artist. Sure. So. Yeah. Uh, what might a typical week look like for you? We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but uh, between you know administrative tasks and uh, fixing the plumbing and things like that, uh, and working on shows <laughs> and writing and all of that, like what's a what's a typical week look like for for you? So okay, so so usually um, Monday Monday is my day off. That's because you know Good. usually have yeah. shows Saturday Sunday, and then then Monday is my day off. Tuesday, I'll usually come in. I usually have like one or two meetings um, each day during the week with with residency shows, um, and then also you know Tuesday and each day for that matter. You know, it's just it's just about clearing the desk. You know, 
Um, then, um, like right now, I'm playing with um, a Latin ensemble down at the Collective, and, um, uh, and 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 taking lessons with Jason Gianni down there. You know, so like trying to keep my chops up, like cool. everybody else, even all these years later. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's my week. That's my week. You know, like there's, you know, Tuesday we, we have a writer's group that meets. And so, which has been fun. Um, like if Brenda and I are working on something new, like we're bringing in and it's nice kind of hearing like, like what some of the other people on our group are doing. Um, uh, usually play with that Latin group on Wednesdays and, you know, yeah, check out shows. And then we have, and then, and then if like for like Beauty and the Beast was running. So, so I had, so Saturday and Sunday were shows. Now we're in rehearsal for this other show, and then I'll I'll play incidental music for that when it opens next week. So that's great. Yeah, yeah, keeps me busy. Yeah, it sounds very busy. Uh, so you're playing in the um, in the orchestra for for these for all the musicals, or so for for the ones that we produce, you self produce in house. Right? Yeah, yeah, like so so that like uh, like Beauty and the Beast, the orchestration was three percussion and cello. Yeah. So I played, I played one of the percussion books <clears throat> and music directed from gotcha. behind my vibraphone. Yeah. Um, for for Agatha Christie, it's just going to be one percussionist, me, and so I'll I'll just play that. Um, then after that, um, we actually we're we're off for our in house stuff until the fall. Hmm. Um, but then we have three residency musicals that come in downstairs, and mm-hmm. I mean I won't I won't play for those, right? Um, mm-hmm. But but I'll be around. Yeah. Well, that's really uh, that's really smart. I'm sure that's why you designed it. But I mean, I'm assuming you're getting revenue as a performer, as a music director, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, which is definitely how, like, when, you know, I mentioned, like, <clears throat> when I came into the space, um, other things started falling away. Like, some of my freelancing started falling away because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, how, how many jobs can I have? Exactly. <laughs> So, so you know, I was playing here, playing stuff they wrote, and so that was kind of took priority over yeah, some yeah. of the other gigs. Well, I interviewed a, for for one of the classes I was uh, teaching um, in a separate series. I was interviewing a uh, Broadway contractor, and uh, this person got paid for being a contractor, music director, and the performer. So, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> and the, it's the, the Players Theater is a is a five hundred one c three. No, it's not. It, it's a it's a regular um, uh, it's a regular corporation. Oh, okay, it's, it's, great. It's owned under a, an LLC. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've come to the end of the podcast here, and um, we always ask the same three questions of the uh, interviewees. And the first one is, what advice would you give? others wanting to become an arts entrepreneur in your art form? Um, I mean, I would say be open to new opportunities. Um, you never know what's going to come your way. You know, like when I graduated from Juilliard, um, I mean, I assumed that it was going to be like playing with orchestras and freelancing um, in New York for, you know, forever. That was going to be my thing. And, and I was really looking forward to it. Um, but, you know, like, I would recommend like people just stay open, stay open to other interests because uh, you never know what's going to come your way. And I definitely would not have imagined like 30 years after graduating, like I'd be writing musicals and, you know, in a theater, you know, so. That's great advice. 
What can we do to ensure the arts are more accessible and reaching the widest possible audience? I mean, I think the best thing that anybody can do for the arts is just show up, mm. is go to live theater, go to live concerts. You know, if you're going, you know, bring friends that maybe have not gone to live theater or have heard live, you know, live music and, and you know, and just experience the art. I mean, I, I think if you show up and you have people just showing up to experience the art, the rest takes care of itself. So I think it's just, it's just really simple. I mean, I'm sure there's more, but I think that's <laughs> sure. And what's the best artistic or entrepreneurial advice anyone has ever given you? You know, uh, um, my mortgage broker, Andy Glass, once said to me, he liked that uh, I'm not afraid to pull the trigger. And uh, when I when I used to sub for Michael Hinton on, uh, I used, well, anyway, I used to sub for Michael Hinton on Broadway for Miss Saigon. And he once told me, he said, you know, when you come to an abyss, take the leap. It's not as far as you think. And I've always liked that quote. So I know kind of combine those two and that's, yeah, that's my, 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 my advice. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being with us. This has been uh, really educational and, you know, personally, I just want to applaud you for all you're doing to mentor young artists and all you're doing to increase awareness of the arts. Oh, well, thanks. It's, it's really been a pleasure talking with both of you. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Visit artsentrepreneurshippodcast.com to learn more about our guest and how you can help support artists, the arts, and this podcast. Mm-hmm.